Hi guys, and welcome back to my podcast. Hello, what's up? I always have the world's most awkward intros, but today I am talking to you guys about something that like low key half of me doesn't even want to be talking about. (laughs) And then half of me can't shake this thought from my mind and just kind of the ideas that are swirling around in my head. A lot of you guys actually requested that I talk about this when I asked on Instagram. Like I think I already said, maybe I didn't say, maybe I was just assuming you read the title, but I'm going to be talking about cancel culture. Now, this topic has kind of been talked to death. I've heard a few people talk about it, but to be honest, a lot of the times, (laughs) and maybe that's why this was a bad move to make my podcast about this, but a lot of the times I won't even click on videos that are discussing cancel culture because I assume that they don't like what else are they going to say other than cancel culture sucks or depending on your view that cancel culture is great because we are just you know speaking truth to power and holding people accountable so it really depends on how you see things and so today I decided to throw my voice (laughs) into the mix I might regret this I might not uh we'll see I think the thing that is the most interesting to me about cancel culture, how many times can I say cancel culture in this episode, is in my opinion, how different it is from, you know, what's talked about, what Jesus talks about in the Bible, about casting the first stone, about taking the log out of your own eye. Um, and, And the thing is, other people do things wrong, right? I mean, we all do things wrong. In my worldview, we are all sinners. And so people mess up. And it's not like when people mess up, we shouldn't be you know, trying to do better or we shouldn't be letting them know that, you know, hey, that wasn't cool. Although I do think that there is kind of a like a I don't even know a limit on that. I do think that we have to be careful both in our interpersonal relationships as well as in the public square to be like screaming and pointing about every single thing that bothers us because A, I think emotions are fickle and they change and they ebb and flow. B, the thing is what offends me might not offend the next person and what offends the next person might not offend the next person and so I do think there is this balance like I said both in our personal relationships and in the public square of the of the two but obviously the reason that I'm talking about this is because cancel culture has you know in the mind of some gotten a little bit out of hand I heard a pastor uh at a church in LA. Actually, if you've been following me for a long time, you have seen that I have been involved with the Dream Center in Los Angeles in the past. Um, Back when I lived there, I had done a couple of fundraisers with them. We've met the pastor, Matthew Barnett, a few times. Um, Anyways, he posted something on Instagram and he basically said that it's exhausting keeping a list of companies that we are supposed to, quote, ban as believers. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe in, you know, voting with your dollar and being conscious of where your money comes or where your money goes. Sorry. But there's kind of a couple things to that. I have kind of a couple thoughts around that. One, Matthew made an interesting point. So first off, if you are a believer, which is, or I guess we could say a Christian, there is you know, always this element of, I don't know how to put this in a way that doesn't sound weird, like trying to win people to the faith, trying to show them what you have seen within your faith, who you know God to be. And so there's kind of this mixture of like voting with your dollar, yes, but then simultaneously, in my opinion, um, it's exactly what Matthew said, like how long of a list are we going to keep of companies 
that are banned. And here's the thing, too. I think it's a very personal, like, person-by-person type thing. I'm a pretty bad Christian for not remembering where it references this, but I, I know that this is a theme that pops up throughout the Bible from my perspective, and that is to basically let each person have their convictions. If they feel like something is not right for them, then it's not right for them. If someone feels like, you know, drinking alcohol, for example, is fine for them, then it's fine for them. Um, Like I said, bad Christian, because I'm not even about to give you scriptural references, so feel free to go do your own research. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Um, So there is kind of this mixture, like I said now 12 times, of voting with your dollar and also you know, supporting people where they're at, sharing the gospel. And that's going to take, you know, discretion for each person, where they're at in their life, what they can afford, who they personally know and can talk with, things they can make on their own, things that are out of their budget. It's just kind of a case by case thing. Now, I will say, kind of going back to the beginning of my thoughts with cancel culture, the thing that kind of disturbs me the most about it is being being an artist and not just an artist but like a professional editor <laughs> i have come to the conclusion that you can make anybody look or sound however you want to and it's just a matter of whether you get in there in someone's crossfire um and whether they want to make you appear a certain way now that's obviously not always true sometimes people are literally taking blatant stances that you're like whoa canceled i'm done but often I find that people can be twisted to appear to have a different opinion or to have said something different than what they originally said, which side note, that's the other crazy thing about all of this is living in this day and age, not only can people be edited to appear to have said something differently than what they originally said, or often probably my favorite thing that the mainstream media likes to do is take sentences out of context. You know, I think context is extremely important because uh, so many sentences ripped out on their own don't actually paint a full picture. Life isn't, you know, that simple in my opinion. I think that often you have to hear the the breadth, is that the word? <laughs> the depth, the width, the fullness of someone's thoughts in order to hear what they're really, you know, what they're really trying to convey. Now, sometimes if you hear the, <laughs> the breadth, we don't know if that's a word. I think that's a word, guys. Um, and the fullness of someone's thoughts, sometimes that gives you all of the more reason to dislike them. And that's fine, right? Like, not everybody likes peaches. What's that saying? Like, you could be the sweetest peach in the world. Doesn't mean everyone's going to like you. It's kind of a shallow saying. But it's true, right? Everybody has different tastes, different perspectives, different opinions. But what I often find is that the sensationalized cancel culture is running off of a small tidbit of information and then yeah just taking it and running with it the other interesting thing i found about like the internet mob in general is that if someone says something and it seems legit they have a good clip a good picture whatever people you know i'm going to include myself in this even though this isn't something i I try to do like I try to avoid this I'm still going to include myself because I think we all probably fall prey to this without even realizing it anyways you know we'll see something that seems legit and convincing and it'll be in our mind or people will repost it retweet it reshare it whatever over and over and over without ever 
diving that deep into, quote, fact-checking. Now, the thing with fact-checking, I've heard a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of conversation around fact-checking and, and fake media and how to tell when something is true or legit. That's almost its own subject in and of itself. And there's a lot of debate around um, media literacy and how you navigate that. And and like I said, a lot of different, I guess I didn't say, but along that line, a lot of different opinions around what media literacy even is and what's gotten hard in this day and age with the internet is honestly it's hard to tell what is even real and what isn't because a like I mentioned things can be changed manipulated things can be taken out of context on top of that on a side note that's not really a side note the internet is like the world's stage like the world's community center and I definitely learned this lesson about 10 years ago when I entered YouTube that different people from different countries different states different communities different religions different everything right have different opinions and different perspectives and some of them are wildly different and so you know on the internet sometimes it can seem like complete chaos and like one person saying this and another person saying that or sometimes we even take you know the internet and we see it as like one person that just I was going to say like a schizophrenic person that just has this opinion and then that opinion but really it's because it's millions of different people in one space and we're seeing things how we see it but the perspectives that could be being brought back to us could be from someone in a completely different part of the world with a completely different culture who does not see things the same way as you who doesn't see right or wrong the same way um who doesn't think that some things that are appropriate you know to them would not be appropriate to you and vice versa and so because of that i think sometimes that can fuel people's outrage as well and add to the confusion because the internet like I said in my opinion is like the world's stage I was almost going to say the world's dumping ground because if, if anyone you know like if you have access to internet anyone can get on and express their opinions and share their perspective now that's only kind of partially true I don't fully mean that because you know there has been from my perspective a lot of censoring that has happened on the internet in the last few years and because I think if I had gone to like proper college, I possibly would have gone to school for philosophy. Like if I wasn't doing something in the arts, I find, you know, the topic of people's perspectives and opinions to be very fascinating. And that is something that has not been completely welcome over the last few years. A lot. I've watched a lot of people um, be banned essentially from different platforms on the Internet which kind of goes back to what I was, you know, what we're talking about here, cancel culture, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I am someone who, you know, while I put a lot of content out there, I can't say that I necessarily contribute <laughs> to the kinds of conversations I actually like listening to, but I enjoy um, diversity of thought. I like hearing different perspectives on how to tackle problems. I feel like everybody has seen in this last year more than ever that there are things that happen on the internet that if you don't t like pick up your, I don't know, the coat of whatever that thing is that's going on and put it on at the exact moment that you know, who, whatever mob follows you, if you even, you know, if you have a mob, maybe not, maybe you've kept your social media very private, very close, very small. But in general, even my friends who are not 
you know, professional social media people have all felt this. Like, to be honest, all of my friends who I've spoken to about this over the last year have also mentioned um, the pressure that they have felt from different things that have taken place on the internet to like take up, like I said, that coat and put that on at that moment. Now, there's a lot of reasons to not do that when something just catches fire on the internet to jump on board. I mean, do we need to list all these reasons? Have you done your research? Do you know what the different organizations stand for, where the money is going? I mean, that kind of comes back to what I was talking earlier too about media literacy and just jumping on things in general. Um, You know, everybody talks about how what you put on the internet is there for the rest of your life. You have to assume that when you put something up, even if you try to scrub it, even if you delete it, there is no such thing as scrubbing and deleting. Now, if you're just like, I don't even know what word to use. I was going to say like a normie. You're not like me, just like blasting your opinions everywhere. There can be a little bit more privacy for like your day-to-day life and, and possibly your job. But in general, if someone wants to take you down, and this is kind of my belief, my overarching belief about cancel culture. If people want to take you down, they will find a reason and a way to try and take you down. And the reason that I think that is because I think that everything people say can be twisted and taken out of context. Understanding the fullness of what someone is trying to say and what all of the language around something equals up to, I think is very important. But also, you know, editing, things can be manipulated. And then lastly, and most importantly, in my opinion, and this is all just my opinion, obviously, I think that everyone is a sinner. Everyone messes up. Everyone does things that they regret. And because of that, I think it's simply a matter of whether you are in the crossfire of people or organizations or a person who want to come at you and take you down. And that's, I think, honestly, I think that's what makes everyone nervous about council culture. I think that everybody knows deep down inside that there is something, whether they know it or not, within their past that could be twisted and painted to make them look like a, quote, bad person. And like I said, I think we are all bad people to a degree because that kind of goes along with my, not kind of, it does go along with the way that I view the world and life um, and sin and who Jesus is and was and said he is and was. And so all of that kind of ties together for me personally. Um, But I think, I think that's the scariest thing for people. People, nobody wants to step out of line because they know that that things can be manipulated. I mean, guys, we've all seen like, I feel like maybe we haven't all seen, but yeah, no, maybe we haven't all seen, but I've seen in editing things that if you have no music or you switch to music or you change it up to a different song, you can change the tone of something so drastically. And that's the most obvious one, right? Like, okay, we get it, like the music, but it's it's so much more like that concept you have to trust me. You don't have to trust me. But, you know, what's the word? Uh, that's just a way of speaking. You have to trust me that things can be manipulated and edited to look like something else, to have a different energy, to have a different intention. And so being a creator, um, you know, that makes me wary of a lot of things that I see that get put out. L- actually, let me back up and go back to that. When we talked about about media literacy, um, Something for me that I like to, you know, do when looking at different media outlets and the stories that they're covering 
is I like to pay attention to the funding. In general, um, following the money, I think, is a good, like, one of the things that is, a, it's a good rule of practice. Who is funding this news organization? Who is paying for the commercials on this program? Who is this reporter and who are they employed by? Who owns this organization? So beyond the advertisers, which is something really important to think about, when you are watching a news station, what are most of the commercials that you're watching? You know, pay attention to these things because money, and on a side note, you know, the lack of money, debt, um, whatever, is powerful. It has a lot of hold on people. And so that's something that like when I'm observing stories, I like to look at that. I do think that learning and absorbing and reading is a is a good thing. Now, does it mean you have to take drastic actions? No. And that's kind of my whole thing with, I don't know if you want to call it free speech, conversation in general, is that I think that the brain is a place to kind of work things out, think through things, learn, expand, grow. Doesn't mean you have to do anything you know, you're you're learning, you're taking in different possibilities. That being said, with cancel culture, with all of this, I, I had made a mention to saying I feel like a lot of people are very uh, afraid right now to um, go against things that they see mainstream. I mean, I'm definitely one of them. I'm always like a scaredy cat. But what I actually think the solution to a lot of this is... Um, is hyper-local community and family. I think that, you know, that's... Now, granted, a lot of people would say, well, that's just the phase of life that you're in now that you have a child. And they're probably completely 100% right. But I will say, that is where... That's where I'm at right now. I think that protection from cancel culture, I think that protection from the mental strain of watching cancel culture... Um, as well as both, you know, the real life consequences can be softened by focusing a lot on your family and your hyper local community. There's a book that I read a long time ago called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, I believe. If you're looking for a good book, it's a good book. But one of the things that he talks about is your circle of influence. And that's going to be different for everyone. I mean, one could argue that if you're listening to this, like you are within my circle of influence. But that concept in general of staying with the people that you are actually connected to and focusing on those relationships, I think is so important. You know, a lot of the stuff going on in the world at large on, you know, the public theater of the world, they're things that you can't control and you can't even necessarily influence. But as we've heard that saying, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. I think that that saying applies to just all, I mean, not really, because obviously that's specifically about parenthood, motherhood, but that idea of local and close relationships being a part of shaping the world I think is beyond true and honestly even though I think control is a complete illusion I think that any semblance of control 
that you are going to be able to have is going to come within a smaller, more local life. Things that you don't like, things that you want to change, things that you do like and you want more of are going to be mostly within your control in a local sphere. And things that you want to make happen and change, I guess like I said, I I think I'm like repeating myself now, is going to unfold mostly locally. I think that we have been kind of sold via Pinterest, via advertising, via Instagram, whatever, that traveling is the way to go. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had some good travels in my life. I've gone to some cool places. There are a couple more places that if if God allows me to, I would like to go in my life. But for a lot of reasons, there's, it's looking likely Dan and I will not be traveling for a while. We are going to be living a hyper-local life for a lot of reasons. And I think that this idea of traveling has been sold to a lot of us as what's going to make us happy, what we should be doing next, you know, what life is really about. And I think for a lot of people, it's just not true. I think it's created a sense of like being disconnected from community, being caught up chasing something that potentially isn't going to be that fulfilling. Now, you might be someone who's like, no, I love traveling. I'm obsessed with traveling and it's completely fulfilling. That is honestly really good for you. But I think a lot of people have been told that and then they experience it and they actually end up feeling just disconnected and kind of lonely and tired and maybe sick um, and maybe a little left out. Maybe the traveling makes it so that they're missing out on intimate local relationships. Honestly, I don't even know. My point of all of this is to say that I truly am getting to a point in my life where I think the solution for a lot of the world's problems, including cancel culture, is localism and in t- like in tandem with that is family. I think family and living locally is really important and you know that's the phase of life I have been slowly walking into the last couple of years and now when Dan and I move that is like we're going to be upping the ante even though that's like a really aggressive statement for what I'm picturing for my life but that's what we could say we're gonna up the ante on living even more locally and focusing on building our home and really hopefully bringing to life the homestead that is within our dreams. And that's really the bottom line, I think, about cancel culture is if it's bothering you, if it's driving you crazy, if you're worried that you are going to be canceled, that you're going to lose out on a job, that someone's going to make something up about you, I think the best things you can do are, one, disengage with that. You know, be careful and consider what is talked about in the Bible multiple times, the log in your own eye before you point out the speck in someone else's or, you know, just your own issues in general. I can't tell you how many times in private. Now, well, side note, I swear, like my life emoji is the girl smacking her face like all the time. I'll be alone and then I'll be like, oh, I'll just have this realization of something I said. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm so embarrassed. So besides the fact that you don't need to waste your energy canceling someone else, um, you really could redirect that energy to yourself and how your life and your relationships can be improved. But on top of that, if you're worried about being a victim of it one day or it just makes you nervous, focus on your family and your local life and, and building your home. You know, I think we've all seen a little bit kind of 
the importance of home this last year. And I, I say we all, I actually kind of take that back. I know this last year has been just a completely different experience for everyone, depending on where they live, their socioeconomic status, um, just a lot of a lot of different things. But I think a lot of us have seen that home is important and building home to be something that you love is important. And if you're like Dan and I, and you're potentially not going to be doing a whole lot of traveling moving forward in life, then I hope you are able to do what we are doing, that you are able to focus on your home, on life, you know, plants, growing things. I literally, I I can't wait. I can't wait for us to land at wherever our next homestead is and start building up the gift of a home that we are given, um, God willing. Now, I do want to say in closing, maybe I already said this and this is repetitive. If you want to cancel someone, (laughs) if you want to not support them, You have every right to do that. I just want to reiterate that again. You are voting with your dollar and your time. And by doing that, you help to shape a society that you want to live in. In some small way, you are making your vote. So I'm not discouraging cancellation in that sense. I just, I wanted to talk about just this overall, you know, quick to judge, quick to shut people down, and just the fact that it is rampant. And it honestly feels like a distraction from ourselves. Like so many people, like we're able to be like, wow, like deep down we can feel like we're a good person because look at what this person did. If it's even true. That's the thing that I I want you to keep in mind next time you see things. Is it even true? But if if it is true, notice that feeling that it can give you, that you can get from it, of feeling like such a good person. You know, I've heard this before about comparison. You've probably heard it too. But that comparison is not a good thing besides that saying of it being like a thief of joy. And the reason I think that is because whoever you're comparing yourself to, you're either going to feel superior to them or inferior. And neither of those are a good thing, um, a God-glorifying thing, um, something that can propel you forward in a positive, humble way in life. It's just neither one is good. And I think that cancel culture can do that. It becomes like a moral comparison of ourself to them and, you know, how dare they. That is something that I've noticed, like anyone who is on the internet for too long, it's like that is one of the top comments you will get if you are touching even like, I'm sorry if you just heard that loud truck go by. Um, if you're touching something even semi-controversial, which like I said, literally everything is controversial nowadays, um, you know, a top message you will get is how dare you? Like seriously, I've heard every content creator I know <laughs> say that they get those messages from people, how dare you? So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a good ending to this episode. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this. If you did... Uh, you know, feel free to send me like a DM on Instagram. I mean, you can randomly compliment me, but you can also give me like kind, constructive criticism, or you can send me any requests you have for future episodes. And if you're feeling like extra nice on this fine day, feel free to leave me a rating. Apparently, and I'm new to this whole podcast thing, but apparently ratings are a big deal and what is what kind of helps your podcast to be exposed to more people. So um, yeah, guys, that is it. And I'm just going to stop talking now and I will hopefully see you back here soon. All right. Bye guys.